selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Well, guys, you are going to love, love, love my guest today. You already, many of you know them and love them. If you have not been a part of the IF Gathering, you want to be a part of it. In fact, we have our event coming up at the beginning of March, but a year ago, we had two guests. It was a crazy idea that I had, I don't know, two weeks before the event, maybe less. And and I heard this story about these guys in Nashville and their obedience and how it was bringing so many other people to Christ. And I thought... What if we close out If Gathering, which if you don't know, is largely a huge event to hundreds of thousands of women, not, you know, until recently was it college age women. So this is not exactly like exactly who they thought was going to come up at the end of If Gathering on our stage were two college boys. And so they come up and they brought the house down. I mean, standing ovation at the end. They didn't even know. They walked off stage and they would not sit down. The crowd guys would not sit down until y'all came back because they wanted you to know how much they were celebrating your faith and what God has done. So if you don't know them, my friends, Luke Lefevre and Daniel McLeod. So guys, thank you so much for joining me today. And we're going to start by just retelling a little bit of the story that I heard that brought you to the If Gathering stage for the people that haven't heard. So let's start, I guess, Daniel, with you and tell everybody what your recollection is of that day first and about the story that brought y'all here. Okay, so to be completely honest, I had literally no idea what If Gathering was, and nor did I know what we were getting into at all. First of all, I we got there and I was just, I was really inspired for one, to see so many women passionately pursuing Jesus and the gospel. And I was like, wow, this is really incredible. However, um, we were there to share about a rave that Luke and I helped put on, put together um, here in Nashville. About a, We threw a rave and got to preach the gospel at the rave, and hundreds came to know the Lord that day. And 
Or if you don't know what a rave is, it's it's a it's it's a party. Um, yeah, it's not a Christian event. <laughs> no, it's not a Christian event. Um, but Luke and I were dreaming how how can we reach our generation with the gospel? But yeah, when when we arrived there to If Gathering, um, I was totally inspired. We got to share the story, and it was it was amazing just to get to share the story and inspire people. Yeah, and let me say what what happened in the room is I think what it was and why everybody gave you a standing ovation and really it was what everybody left talking about that event was just seeing two guys that are young younger and in a season of life we all remember where we many of us came to trust Christ in college I am the same and so watching your faith just reminded us and I think put back into us that desire to live with radical faith that God can change lives. So let's get into the nuances of that story because it is so good. And I don't want, if case y'all missed if gathering, you need to hear in greater detail. So Luke, you were friends with these guys? No, you just tracked them down. Like talk about how two guys end up sharing the gospel at a rave. Yeah. So it all started, I was getting, I was getting coffee with um, some high school students that my wife and I help mentor here in Nashville. And so I was, you know, sitting and grabbing coffee with them. And they were like, Hey, have you guys heard about like, they, they were really burdened. They were like, have you guys heard about these raves that are getting thrown? Cause like everyone we know, like everyone from the high schools around here, like they're all going to these, these raves. And so again, like, if you don't know what a rave is, basically it's da- like this electronic dance music, but where kids go and get, drunk and high they call it pre-gaming like they'll pre-game they'll go to the the rave most of them are leaving with people you know sleeping around like it's just it's very dark and it it just promotes this culture of it's just a lot of like rebellion and most of the kids sneak out of the house to get there or their parents don't really know what they're going to and so i mean these two high school guys we heard about them and they were throwing these raves with their parents' money, the parents like go start a business. So like, sweet, we're going to start a rave business. Who I don't know who thinks that, but these guys, so hundreds of kids started showing up at their raves. And so we, we were sitting, grabbing coffee. They tell me about this and something was just so stirred in my spirit. And I, I just sensed the Holy spirit. He longed for those, the lives of those kids. And I was just like, he, I'm like, he wants those kids. And I just felt the Holy spirit saying, I'm going to open the door for you to preach the gospel at this, this rave. I was like, I have no idea on earth how this would happen, mm. but I love it. And I want to see it happen. <laughs> and so I remember I shared it with Daniel. Daniel was like, Oh yeah, we're doing this. And I was like, this is, I was like, I just had this idea, bro. Like, I'm not saying hundred percent we should, but he's like, Oh no, we're doing it. So we had some students that knew where these guys lived and so we were like, okay, we're just going to show up at their house and God's going to make a way for us to preach at the rave. And I don't know if Daniel, you want to <laughs> jump in there, but that's essentially where it started. Yeah. Essentially we pulled up to this guy's house and we were, Luke and I had been praying and we were sitting in the car praying and we were about to go to the front door of that house and knock on the door. It was the morning too. It was like, I think around 10 AM, 11. Then we got a text. Somebody sent us their numbers. So it was like, Oh, thank God we got their number. So we didn't end up going to the front door and we just text them literally from outside of the house. 
I said, hey, my friend Luke and I, we rally high school and college students would love to connect. And he said, is it about my party organization? And I said, yes. And he said, are you wanting to partner? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, he said, when can you meet? And then within about an hour and a half, we had a meeting with them. Uh, we sit them down and we kind of are just kind of filling them out. And they, they kind of looked, looked up to us big time because we were college students and pretty much we just eventually just shot straight with them. And I just shared my testimony, my personal testimony uh, from high school. When I was in high school, the Lord really set me up with influence on my school. And I basically just shared, look, guys, you can either use your influence for yourself or you can use it, use it onto others. And we basically just made a business proposition to them. If we bring 50 people to your rave, <laughs> can we preach the gospel at your rave? Will you give us five minutes? And these 50 people uh, was, a com- was a community that Luke and I were heavily invested into that we've trained as evangelists. So they didn't know that the 50 people we're bringing were evangelists. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, they were like, absolutely. And like, we're actually looking for a purpose for our rave. It's, and they're like, it's almost like God. <laughs> Oh, it's almost like God sent you. And it was just, and honestly, they really like, I know they were, they were pulled by the business proposition, but it was totally a divine appointment. Like God definitely did have us go meet them, talk to them and also speak into their lives. We started meeting with them. And then basically Luke called our friend, Kenny. Um, He's the CEO of a a venue, large venue in Nashville. One of the best called uh, rocket town. And he said, Hey, look, we have, we're getting ready to do these raves with these boys. Is there any chance we could use your venue for free? Would you give us the venue for free so that we can have more leverage to preach the gospel longer at the end of the rave? And he said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So he gave it for free. And now this is an amazing venue, like just everything you could possibly want. Um, And we presented to those guys and they said, yeah, Absolutely. They, they were so pumped. They said, yeah, you can totally have 20 minutes at the end of the rave. And from that point on, then we get another call from Kenny. He goes, hey, man, I got some news for you. So actually, another rave wants the venue on the exact same day. I'm like, oh, well, bummer. Well, actually, and he said, well, here's the good news. They're called Crave, and it stands for Christian Rave. And they actually travel across the country and preach the gospel at the end of their raves. He said, I think you guys should partner. So then we got to partner with a rave that already knows how to do this, already knows how to set up raves, draw people and preach the gospel. Yeah. So I mean, like Daniel was saying, there were so many pieces that the Lord just brought together of where it's like we, we started with a step of faith of like, we have no idea how this is going to happen, but we're going to, we're going to take the step. So we told the guys, we're like, all right, you don't have to spend five to $10,000 on a venue. So the, the deal is you're going to put that into advertising and get as many kids <laughs> here as we possibly can. So we get to the night of the rave and it was probably a thousand to 1100 kids that showed up mm. and packed out this venue. So we're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to take the end of this gathering and we're going to, we're going to preach the gospel to these kids. And if it was intimidating enough, just stepping out, trying to do it, like getting close to the day of and going, okay, we're literally about to preach the gospel to a bunch of drunk high kids that have been partying for an hour and a half, two hours, what on earth is going to happen? I was never afraid, but there were just times where I was like, Lord, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm like, am I going to get up here and get cussed off the stage? Like who, who knows what on earth is going to happen? I've never preached at a rave before shocker, but I'm like, I don't, what's going to happen. 
you know, the kind of running joke between me and Daniel when we were at if was we're like, I don't know what's more intimidating preaching at a rave or to a hundred thousand women, but we're like, you know, we're, we're getting ready for this rave. And I just remember I was in my, I was in my bedroom praying a couple of days before the rave, just the Lord brought to mind the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel when he's, he's confronting the prophets of Baal and Ahab and Jezebel. And, and he, he cries out to God. I'm just, I'm getting emotional thinking about it right now, but it's just, he cries out to God and he just says, Lord, he's like, let it be known. He's like, that I have done this at your word. He's like, that you are going to, you are going to answer by fire because I have done this at your leading at your word. This was not my idea. I was following the leading of the Holy spirit. And I was just praying that in my room and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to think. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart so clearly. And he brought to mind the story of you know, David and Goliath, which we all know. And he said, Luke, he said, Goliath mocked David till the moment his head fell from his shoulders. He said, but his head fell. And he's like, you get up there. He's like, he's like, you will get mocked. He's like, he's like, the enemy is going to try to stir it up. He's like, they're going to try to get you off. He's like, they're not going to want to hear it. He goes, but you preach the gospel. And he's like, mm-hmm. and the enemy's head will fall. And I just remember getting up there and the first thing I started with is, and this, there's videos of it on, on YouTube. I mean, you can watch it, but it was like, I just said, God sent me here tonight. And I remember the first thing some kid yells from the, from the, uh, from the crowd is he goes, get the F off the stage and just like start cussing me out. I just so felt the presence of the Lord where I was like, the enemy's head's going to fall. This thing's coming down. And we had so many of our, I mean, we had and a key part of this is, Yes. We had so many people fasting and praying with us. I mean, we had our parents, our friends, like people from everywhere. I mean, my, my like aunts and uncles were like rallying people to pray. And like, there was fasting, there was praying. Like this wasn't something we just went into haphazardly. Like it, there was so much prayer that went into that night. And Daniel and I had been fasting and praying and interceding, and, you know, all of our friends that came, you know, Daniel and I get up there to share the gospel and we didn't sugarcoat it. We got up there and we're like, listen, following Jesus means repentance. It means turning from the way you've been walking in 180 degree direction and going the other way. You know, there were the kids that left. There were the kids that didn't want to hear it, but there were about 400 of them. When we gave the call to say, who is, is willing to say, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you tonight. 400 of them responded to the gospel. And we had had so much planned into this too. And I'll let Daniel kind of grab this part because there was, we were like, how do we follow up with these kids? Cause just preaching the gospel at the rave and then leaving, like there's no discipleship. It's going to be like, you know, the, the seed that falls on hard soil. Like it's not going to take root. Yeah. And so right out of that rave. So I had mentioned briefly, I'd shared my testimony with the rave boys. It was a, it was a gathering that we had in high school called Wilco United. It stands for Williamson County United, which is the county that we live in here in Tennessee. And um, it was uniting all the high schools together um, for a worship night. And just an encounter night with the Lord and the gospels preached. And many came to know the, to know the Lord at the time. That event went on from 2016 until about 2018. And then it had died for a year. And But I felt like the thing about that burdened me so much about these raves was I had seen in this same county thousands of high school students coming to know the Lord. And then when I leave, I come back and I'm seeing all these raves and it broke my heart. So what we did is I felt like the Lord said, launch Wilco United out of the rave after it being dead for a year, launch it out of the rave. So right out of that, 
we plant a, a follow-up text in that sends a, a 12-step discipleship videos that myself, Luke, and this guy named Adam Narciso and I, we put together these 12-step discipleship videos just because we can't catch them all um, aside from our 50 evangelists. And then we said, okay, this, this was happening on a Saturday. That very next Friday, we said, this next Friday, your Friday night, we're going to have Wilco United. And they, a lot of them knew what it was because they're all from that same county and they remember it. And a lot of them had been to it too. And they just had fallen away. And um, we launched Wilco United back up again out of this event after it being dead for a year. And about 500 high school students showed up to that event um, that very next week. And it was just a, a, a calling to go deeper into a relationship with the Lord and a worship night. And it was just powerful. And, and from that night, I want to say about 250 high school students responded to the gospel that night out of the ring. Wow. wow. That's incredible. And everybody listening right now is just thinking, that's incredible. And we're all craving for God to move in this generation, right? We feel like it's getting darker and darker. And I just want everybody to hear, he is, he is. And and I know this because I've spent now more time with Daniel and Luke and they just follow God. Like I know both these guys and that is their heart. They want to just please and follow God. And and he kind of gives them the steps and they obey and and it's not full of complete clarity, but they step in anyway. And then all of a sudden they have what they need. And that's what it's been like for me and my husband. That's what it's been like for so many other fellow people that are following Jesus alongside of all of us. And so I want you to talk about, guys, I want to lift up from all of this a little bit. And I want you to talk about what you see. I want to get your opinion on some things, how we have overcomplicated our faith. Like we're talking about simple faith this week and and really this whole season, we're talking about what it looks like to just do small things well and and to be obedient. So let's just talk for a minute about what you see in our generation, people alive on earth today. How are we overcomplicating it? I mean, I think something that I would say is really when faith comes down to it, the, what I see in the word is that faith is a, it's a decision. It's a choice to take God at his word. And I think there's so many times where we see it as a feeling where, you know, there's so many times I don't feel like I have faith, but that's where true faith comes in because it's, it's choosing to believe God despite how you feel despite your circumstances where true faith comes into the mix. And, you know, I would say in our generation, especially, I think we have trivialized unbelief in a lot of ways. The Bible takes unbelief very seriously. You know, in Hebrews, it says, beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And, you know, God doesn't think unbelief is cute. He doesn't trivialize it. You know, when you see Moses in the Old Testament, God comes to Moses. He says, Moses, you're going to deliver my people from Egypt. And Moses starts making all these excuses. He says, I'm a man of faltering lips. I can't do this. And God doesn't go, oh, you know what, Moses, you're right. You know, you have a speech impediment. This must be really hard for you. He looks at him. He says, Moses, who made your tongue? He goes, I didn't ask you if you could. I asked you if you would. Would you say yes? I didn't ask you if you can. I just asked you if you would say yes. You know, Zacharias in the New Testament, Gabriel appears to him and he says, he says, you're going to have a son. He's going to lead many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And Zacharias goes, how can this be? And Gabriel doesn't look at him and go, you know what? You're old. Your wife is old. We get it. Uh, you know, I get it. It's, it must be difficult for you. He says, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And he says, because of this, you'll be mute till the day this occurs. 
And God doesn't think it's, it's cute to walk in unbelief. He doesn't trivialize it. You know, there's only, I'll say this about faith. There's only two times that we have a record in the Bible of, of God marveling at something. And both are in regards to faith. And the first is the faith of the centurion, Mm -hmm. where the centurion says, Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house to heal my servant. Just say the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus marvels. And he says, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. The second time, though, is in regard to faith, but the opposite. He, he's going to Nazareth and he marvels because it says he marveled because of their unbelief. And it specifically says Jesus could do no mighty works in Nazareth because of their unbelief. And it, it's so mind boggling to me because we know God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. There's nothing that God is limited in except that which he chooses to limit himself. Right. It doesn't say he could do no works at all. It just says he could do no mighty works. Mm. And I wonder how many times for us we go, Jesus, we've seen you move. We've seen you do things. I've seen, there's no doubt that I've seen you move in my life, but I have, the mighty works have been few and far between. And I just, so many times I just pray and I say, Lord, I, I refuse to live a life where the mighty works are scarce. I'm like, I want to live a life where I believe you for the mighty works, where it is frequent. And again, it's a choice because we, I think so many times, again, we, we wait to feel something. We wait to to feel it, but I don't see that in the word. I see people going, God said it. I believe it. And I'm acting upon it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say. Just that's how we, I think we've overcomplicated it to where it's really just a simply it's a decision. I believe one of the simplest ways, if anybody's listening to this right now is you have not because you ask not which is James 4, 2. I believe that we simply have to ask the Lord. We just have to ask. Specific prayers get specific answers. I believe that we have to start praying specific prayers. We have to start being very specific, and we'll begin to start seeing very specific answers. I, I truly believe that faith isn't like when you, some people think, oh, well, faith is so far off, and I don't know if I can get to there or or maybe you're even listening to this and be like, I don't know if I could do anything like that. I'm just believing to get through this day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, faith isn't as far off as you think it is. You just have to choose to believe God is who he says he is. And like even simple things like spending time with the Lord, praying to him, that in itself is an act of faith. If I'm going to take it, like, even if I take intentional time out of my day to spend time with him, that's faith because I'm believing the living God of the universe. He exists and he longs to be with me. That is a very, very practical way of walking faith, walking out faith. I don't think faith is needs to be something that's overcomplicated, but the reality is intimacy with Jesus is the oil. If you would say to faith, you become what you behold when, and so when you, when you, when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And you begin to hear his voice. It just begins to speak and it begins to prick your heart. And he begins to draw you out. He begins to call you out onto the water like Peter. He begins to call you out, call you farther. He, he definitely does. If it's one thing we know, the Lord does not like just keep us where we're at when we start spending time with him. He, he begins to expand our faith. How are you going to love this person at work today? How are you going to do, you know? And I just truly believe that we have to not overcomplicate faith, simply believe God's word and pray specific prayers and spend time with him. The, I think those are the, those are the beginning stages of like, how do I grow my faith? Spend time with him, pray specific prayers and talk to him about everything. 
one thing I encourage people to, because some people are listening, they're like, I do that and my, my faith feels flat and it feels like, gosh, God's not moving in my life. And and there's a big component here that you all display. And I know you. I want to end with with your stories of kind of where you are now. You continue to display that. And and what I would say is risk. Like you've got to risk for the glory of God. And I think when we step out on the water, it's like, yes, just, you know, you can believe God in the boat way easier than Peter on the water. So, you know, I just want to honor you guys step in that because that did take, I'm sure, overcoming some fear and having those moments where you go, am I crazy? Is this, yeah, I hope this holds. I hope this is, this isn't, you know, completely ridiculous. And I think that's what I pray for this generation is that we wouldn't be afraid to step out on the water and have the hard conversation and, and say the awkward thing and, you know, reach out to the person you think would never be open to Christ. That if we don't start having those conversations, people aren't going to get saved. And I think that is our hope. We're all kind of sitting around wringing our hands because, you know, it feels like the world's getting darker and people are leaving the church. And I'm going, actually, the people I know in y'all's generation are radical. I mean, radical. So there's something purifying about it getting darker that you guys are not half-hearted about it and you know your mission and you're living it. Are y'all discouraged about your generation? No, not at all. I am not. When you talk about faith, you can't not talk about Abraham, right? And I just... I love the story of Abraham where God promises a son to Abraham when he's 75 years old, right? Like it it comes at a time where this is highly improbable. It's a very improbable promise. You know, I'm sure Abraham's going, this is very unlikely. All those who heard it are going, this is very unlikely. And then what does God do? He waits 25 years to fulfill the promise. And it's like, he gives him the promise at a time when it's improbable, but he waits to fulfill it until it is impossible. And that's where I believe we're at in our nation right now, where I'm like, I believe there's a promise of God over our nation that there will be revival and awakening. I don't think it's going to look like what we've thought it's going to look like. I think it's going to look very different. Um, I think God is purifying his church radically right now. I think he is stripping away so many things that we have used as a crutch, so many things that we uh, didn't even know we're there. He's he's bringing that dross to the surface. Like when you purify gold, he's turning up the heat and all the impurities are coming out. So many people have carried this promise in their heart that God is going to bring another great awakening to America. It seems like for decades, you know, my parents have carried that. My, I remember my grand, my grandfather carried that, that, that hunger and a belief that God would shake our nation again. You know, I would, I would say so many have probably thought for decades, wow, that's highly improbable. That is something that I highly doubt could happen. You know, when we see the division within the church, the division within our nation, politically, racially, the economic uh, distress, all of these factors, we would go, wow, it's improbable. And then you arrive at today. And I would say that most of us are probably looking at America and going, wow, an awakening is darn near impossible. And that tells me it's time. When you have a promise from God that was once improbable, that is now impossible, it tells me, look for God to move. And I'm like, I am not discouraged. I see so many young people that are getting hungry. I mean, I was just on a call with my 16, year, 16 17 year old cousin who like, he's, he's calling me and he's like, Luke, he's like, like, what do I do? He's like, I'm so on fire. I mean, he's preaching to everybody he knows. I mean, I'm talking to all these like high school kids and they're like, I've gotten rid of all my video games. All I'm doing is reading. I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading books on prayer. Like I'm just hungry for God. And God is doing something right now. Mm-hmm. Of he, he is he is starting a fire in a generation. And I'm like, it, it, it tells me, I'm like, when I see a, a time where we go, wow, this looks impossible. 
I'm like, it's ripe. It's time because that's when God gets the glory. When not when it's improbable, but when it goes, there is nothing other than the power of God. We can contribute this to is when he gets the most glory. And I'm like, that's the day we're in. That's the season we're in. If we will act. And, you know, we see in, in the book of numbers, right? They're going in to possess the promised land. And it's like, if God cannot find a generation that will believe him, he will wait for one that will. And I, and I have just refused. I'm like, Lord, I refuse to be a generation that you don't find faith in. Let it not be of me. Lord, I will believe you for whatever you have said. I'm not going to question. I'm going to be, as you said of Abraham, that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. I, I just, I, I'm so full of faith more than I've ever been that God is, is, is moving. I am too. I could not agree more, which is why I just feel like y'all's, you know, mama, big sister, whatever. I probably am in the mama category at this point, but I do feel like I just want to be a part of that. Like I want, while I'm alive, I want that to happen. I want that to be true. And, and I don't want our generation to get in the way of the zeal that I see coming from you guys. Tell everybody listening that might be older. I would definitely have a lot of college students that I know are going to, you know, ping you guys and go help me grow too, because I think there are a lot of college students right now. I'm seeing something different in Gen Z than in the millennials. It is so powerful. And so to those though that are older, why don't you just share how we can support you guys and pray for you? And like, who do you need us to be beside you as y'all kind of run with this torch right now that you you have? Because there's no doubt there is a movement of God happening around both of your lives. Totally. I would say, I think we need the older generation more than ever. I believe the greatest awakening is at hand. I really do believe, but I, in order for it to last, it has to be three generations. It has to be the Abrahams, the Isaacs and the Jacobs. And I believe um, like in the book of Malachi, the hearts of the fathers turn to the sons and the sons to the fathers. Right now, our generation needs fathers and they need mothers and they need spiritual moms and dads to come in and to disciple and to give us decades of wisdom that we could get in seconds just by spending time and we need discipleship really bad. I, I do agree with you, Jenny. I believe that like this generation is on fire for Jesus. Like they are burning for Jesus. Like some, like some of the strongest people I know, but I truly do believe our generation must recognize that the reason we are burning so brightly and, and so on fire is because I believe it's fruit of the older generation's prayers. Like this, I believe this is a call for for the fathers and the mothers, but also a call for the younger generation to turn their hearts to the older generation and to say, we need you. And like, this is me expressing, we need the older generation. I know in my life, I cannot do hardly any of the things I've done without the wisdom and the counsel from elders in my life. We need y'all's prayers. We need your support. I, I go to a, I go to a men's group every Thursday and I'm the, I'm the youngest guy. They're all in their around 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And I go there because just sitting there listening, I get decades of wisdom in seconds. And they're also my prayer coverage and I feel covered by them. And there's some of my spiritual fathers I'd, I'd say, but like we need discipleship so badly and we need prayer and as a younger generation we totally need even practical things resources connections things like that and also i'd say for the older generation also 
helping the younger generation along and, but also knowing the moment to let them go too and let them fly and let them run, but being there and sticking with them. So that's, that's my input. That's what, that's what I would definitely say. Well, that has me all teary because it's humble. And I know that's one of the reasons God is moving in and around you guys. So before we go, I'd love to hear, and I, this will have to be brief, 15 seconds on kind of what now, what next? For me, I just right now, like again, every time we come to a, a new season, I just ask the Lord and say, Lord, what are you asking me to do? Because that's what I want my life to be is just a, a continual yes to whatever God's asking. And in this season, I felt like God has said, Luke, right now, what I want you to do is I want you to begin to call a generation in America to consecration is the word I keep hearing and consecration, meaning two things. One, a radical call to holiness and to separation unto holy purposes. And number two is the, the second word for consecration in the Bible literally means to fill the hand for war, to get ready. And I believe the Lord is, is calling a generation to rally, to believe one for a, a movement of holiness across the United States in our generation. And two, for a generation to rise up and commit their lives to say what in life, in death, in my whole life, I'm going to give my life to see our nation turn back to God. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what I believe God has put on my heart in this season. Um, and I know Daniel's is, is similar as well. I believe Luke will see America turn back to God. Why? Because he has the faith for it. I believe the Lord is asking us, what do you have faith for? If you like, if you believe that you're going to be working at a clothing store you probably will end up working at a clothing store. If you believe that you're going to own a clothing store, you probably won't settle until you own that clothing store. And in the same way, Luke is believing for America to turn back to God. Why do I think he'll see it? Because he has the faith for it. I, I guess what I'd say for me is um, I feel like a missionary for the, for the Middle Tennessee region and a missionary for the city. I feel called to equip and train in evangelism. The work of the evangelist is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that's what we do. I do a ministry called Fireplace on Fridays. And so every Friday we do practical training on evangelism. And then we'll go out onto the streets on Broadway. Um, and we'll sometimes we'll do worship right in the middle of the streets, about sometimes 50 to 70 of us out there doing worship and people will draw and then we'll share the gospel from that or we'll break up into groups and disperse through the city or right now we're trying to get in the bars and do worship in the bars and so I feel like a missionary for the city and then also Wilco United I mentioned that we raise up we train up we disciple high school leaders to adopt their schools to take ownership for them in sharing the gospel and so they start discipleship groups on their school campuses then that we do a about twice a quarter unity gathering um, to just worship Jesus and preach the gospel and get people plugged into communities from that. So I feel specifically called for Nashville as a missionary for the city for Nashville and the Middle Tennessee region. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm also in school getting a degree in biblical studies and theology. Yeah you're still doing college. I mean, it's, it's wild. And so I want to hear about the tractor. Let's end with that because it's so good. Yeah. Okay. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so on, on Fridays we go out on Broadway and uh, we share the gospel, but we also, we got this 1952 international harvester. It's an old tractor, big old red tractor, just looks retro, looks awesome. We pretty much take the tractor downtown Nashville and we drive it up and down the main strip Broadway we do worship on the tractor and the, that PA system is so loud, so loud. 
It overpowers all the bars. Literally, you'll hear songs like Nothing But The Blood and Amazing Grace. Just while it's driving, we'll do that. And then we'll pull up on a crowd and then we'll either do worship, spoken word, Christian rap, share the gospel. Um, and we've just seen so many people come to know the Lord from this uh, tractor tractor ministry. <laughs> and so now, so now we have, we have, a, we bought a second tractor. My goal right now is to have seven vehicles, army trucks. I don't know anything that gets attention to bring down there to bring the good news. Cause I have not seen, like, I kid you not, I have not seen for as far as street ministry, I've not seen a more effective tool for evangelism in my life. Well, and the reason you picked a tra- tractor was some, wh- why a tractor? Y'all, they let you, there was some like hitch, right? Like you could pull this tractor on the streets. Totally. So basically with the tractor is it's a farm vehicle. You do not need a license to drive it. Literally a 16 year old could drive it or a 10 year old could drive it. And you do not need a permit because it's a farm vehicle. So literally you can take that thing, drive it. It doesn't matter. And it's totally legal. And you don't need a permit or anything to be able to do that. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. You guys, you cannot know how much your faith spurs on ours. And we're so grateful for both of you. Hey, Luke, will you pray for everybody listening just to come back to Jesus and to believe him for more? Lord Jesus, we we come to you right now, Lord, and we just, we glorify you. And Lord, we we are so aware of how great you are, how awesome you are. Lord, where when we draw near to you, Lord, great faith becomes the only logical thing when we see you in your greatness, Lord. And so I just pray for everyone listening. And Lord, I just silence any lies that the enemy would try to bring up. Oh, I couldn't do that. It's not, that's not for me. I could never use my life to, to do great things for God. And Lord, I thank you that your word says in Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says, for the eyes of the Lord, are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. Lord, you're not looking for talent. Lord, you're not looking for gifting. Lord, you're not looking for age, for gender. Lord, you are looking for one thing, and that's a fully devoted heart. And God, I pray I pray for us, Lord, for Jenny and Daniel and myself, Lord, everyone who's listening. God, would you give us undivided hearts, fully devoted hearts? God, mm-hmm. we want to see you glorified in our generation. We want to see you glorified in the earth. And so, God, I pray that you would just impart a fresh um, level of faith to all those who are listening. God, I pray for a fresh level of even just identity and who they are in Christ to know I am a child of God. I can believe for great things because my father is great. He is the name above all names. He is the king above all kings. And so Lord, I just, I pray blessing on all those who are listening. And I just ask you would stir faith and courage in their hearts today in Jesus name. Amen. Hey guys, it's Wednesday night. You're probably listening to this on Thursday morning or or in the days to come. And, and we are adding this at the very last minute before we push this live. And Luke gave me permission to add this. And I just felt like you all would want to know this part of the story. It is unthinkable for these parents. And yet I believe God is going to use it in really powerful ways. So I'm just gonna play the voice message that I got from him tonight. Hey Jenny, I hope you're doing well. I uh, just wanted to leave you a quick voice memo. 
because we just found out this week that um, one of the boys who we have done the raves with, his name is Jake Harvey, he was driving a couple of nights ago and he ended up falling asleep at the wheel and he pulled off the road and, and he crashed and he was, he was killed in a car accident a couple of days ago on Monday. So they are getting ready to have a, uh, a memorial service for, for Jake this Saturday and they have asked uh, Daniel and I to come and uh, to preach the gospel at the uh, memorial service. And so there are probably going to be several hundred um, young people that come. Jake had a lot of, of influence um, just around our area and probably students from uh, the college where he had started going as well. And um, But we're going to be sharing the gospel at, at that this Saturday. And so I just wanted to, to let you know, just because you had been just a part of that whole story and, and just the story of the, what the Lord had been doing through the raves. And just wanted to ask if you would just be praying as we head into this Saturday, just for, just for the Lord to really move in a powerful way. So we are asking you all to pray with us for Jake's family and pray with us for the gospel to go out. You guys, those boys got to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel because of Daniel and Luke's faithfulness. And I just know that this story is is meant to drive all of us to greater faith and to drive all of us back to the reason that we're alive and the reason that God has saved us. And it's to give it away to as many people as we can. So pray with me for Daniel and for Luke as they share the gospel this week, for all the people that will hear it, and especially for Jake's family as they grieve the loss of their young son. I cannot imagine I have a son the exact same age. So I'm praying for them as well. And what a powerful thing that they invited these boys to share the gospel in this moment. So we're grateful for you guys. Thanks for being part of the story as well. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.